Set your mind on things above with Taken, a metaphysical fantasy audio drama. He wanted a cure. He found the creator. Chapter 31 Taken Move in. Azam reached for his belt, feeling for the cords keeping his weapons in place. Delmar crept along the sandy bank of the Gahon, becoming a blend of earth, water, and sky as he moved closer to his target. He stopped right behind the watcher they were ordered to bind. Captain, no, Delmar whispered. Do it, Lieutenant. But, sir, Delmar said a little too loudly. Anami was on his feet in an instant with bow raised. All right, you, come out. Drop it, Anami, Captain Azam said, and we can do this peaceably. Oh, sorry, Captain, I heard the rustling and thought you were fallen trying to... We be no fallen, though I wish I could say the same for you, Delmar said. Why, Anami? Why did you do it? Do what? I have done no wrong. Don't add lies to your treachery. We have been ordered to bind all watchers appearing in the flesh. Submit to the restraints. Captain Azam said bitterly as he whipped out a tether from his robe. It crackled in the air. Its glowing tentacles reached for its prey. But Captain, I didn't. Anami brightened, turning every color in the spectrum as his aura shifted, throwing rainbow prisms across the dark waters. Hold your peace, Azam. All is well, the voice said, hovering over the water. My lord. Azam immediately bowed. Delmar followed suit. Anami was about to lay prostrate when a strong hand gripped him, holding him upright. Rise. Good men, you did receive orders to retrieve all watchers appearing in the flesh. But I see no flesh here, do you? Azam and Delmar looked at Anami and back to the beloved. Bewildered at the question, Azam was the first to speak. But my lord, he began hesitantly. His appearance is unlike the Elohim. It is unusual. Unusual, yes, but is it flesh? The beloved led Anami over to Azam, forcing him to face his captain. Go ahead, touch him. Azam reached out and placed a firm hand on Anami's shoulder. It remained. Had he possessed a casing of flesh, Azam's arm would have passed right through him. As you can see, his spiritual form remains dominant. He is not to be bound. Captain Azam lowered his head. My apology cannot overcome my error. Azam, the beloved said as he lifted the captain's chin with a gentle hand. Do not be disappointed in your understanding. You are not judged for acting on a heart of loyalty. You were not meant to understand our intentions until now. Please, friends, be seated. Most sorry, Anami, Delmar murmured as they sat around the smoldering ashes. Only the beloved remained standing. Until now, you have served on this planet with veiled understanding. You knew you were to observe the humans and prevent unwarranted attacks by the fallen, but that was not the only reason for your presence here. While you were watching the humans, the High Council has also been watching you. The Beloved raised a hand to silence the questions he knew were forming in their minds. The Ancient One intends the Council to learn our way, and thus we allow them to see the reasoning behind our rule. The council needed to be sure of one of the great laws, to see the beauty of its logic in full play. Your presence here, especially those like Lieutenant Anami, granted that opportunity and provided reassurance. 
Now those of the council commune fully with the one mind once more. All doubts raised by Lord L. have been erased. Most glad to be of service, my lord, Anami said hesitantly, as vibrant red tones flushed throughout him. He ignored the awkward shifting and asked the question he knew the others would not. If you don't mind, what was the great law in question? Of course you would want to know that. This time I will share completely. However, there will be times when you may not understand our purposes, but after I explain this to you, I hope you will trust me even when those times occur, that I am working for your eternal good. The Elohim waited, eager as children, for the answer. The Beloved smiled. After the great conflict, judgment was decreed for the Elohim who followed the accuser. We knew many of you did not understand the extremity of their punishment, even though you were loyal. There was still great hurt and confusion among the family. The unasked question, why, was ever-present. Why was our way the only way? The ancient father and the one mind, too, agreed. The question must be settled for complete healing and the second. Why are the Elohim not granted freedom? In fact, the two questions are both based on misrepresentations of the former cherubim Lord L., whose seat on the council gave undue validity to his accusations. First of all, our way is not the only way. However, it is the best way. Secondly, the Elohim have always had freedom. The inability to choose is an instantaneous result of true intelligence. Yet in our unfathomable understanding, we have always known unrestrained freedom eventually becomes bondage. We had hoped that precept need not ever be proved. Now that our accuser, Satan, has initiated this sequence through his revolt in the outer realm and the subsequent rebellion he instigated on Adama, the precept is being tested even now. Yet, we knew the possibilities from the beginning and were prepared for such an occasion. The plan to restore the original sequence is in effect. When you, Elohim, selected as watchers, were sent to this planet, we knew you would be tempted by the humans. We knew this life form so like you, but granted the one thing you are denied, the freedom to procreate, would be a source of confusion, just as we knew giving them every liberty except the right to partake of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, which every Elohim excesses at will, would tempt them. Now here you both are, Elohim and human, intelligent, free, and tempted. How would you decide? Would you freely choose to restrain yourselves? And most importantly, when should lack of restraint be judged? When it is thought or when it becomes action? Or if you will, must every unrestrained thought become sin? The council had to know. Beloved, I understand the council's curiosity, for I share it. But I still don't understand how we provided the answers, Delmar said. The Beloved smiled and motioned toward Anami. Look at your comrade. His very aura signifies everything I have explained to you. Based on the original sequence, we knew he would feel special ties to the woman Tafara. My lord, so what I saw when I entered the gate at the Tree of Life was true? Anami asked. It is not exactly true at this point in the sequence. It is more of an alternate progression that may yet be reconciled. The beloved paused, knowing Anami was still confused, and decided to explain it this way. Anami... The new multitude of colors in your aura represent the conflicting feelings, thoughts, and determinations you have experienced since meeting Tavara. 
yet you remain a spiritual being. You have not left your state, like Captain Simjaza, even though you too have wondered about the justness of my instructions and even the code itself. By your actions, Anami, the Council knows the Elohim are truly free. You could have violated the code and you did not. Likewise, Simjaza's choice to depart and the others with him confirmed it. They too had the freedom to choose, so it was proved. Lord L lied. The Elohim indeed were always free to choose, before the great conflict began and even now. Now the other accusation and the more important one, why is our way the only way, will be proved over many progressions and spans in the sequence. My Lord, you have been most gracious in the sharing, but if I may ask, Azam paused, looking away from the Beloved and back again. I was one of those who heeded Lord L. I listened to his talk of the deeper knowledge and somehow I was spared. Among all the others who believed him, at least for a while, why was I spared? The beloved, always bright, suddenly appeared more radiant than ever. This new light still possessed his piercing clarity, which caused all the lords to tremble. Was more. It revealed all, but simultaneously understood all and forgave all. Dear Azam, you may have thought you succumbed to Lord L, but you did not. There was still a grain of trust in you that clung to me. Even in your uncertainty, there was belief. I searched all heavendom, looking for Elohim, with even the tiniest speck of faith. Whenever I found it, I rescued the one possessing it. All this time you thought you were the only one. Many were rescued, but unlike you, Azam, they do not admit the doubt was ever present. That is why you were selected for the mission to Adama and given a position of authority here. Though you were tested, you remained. Now you demonstrate an extraordinary capacity to lead your brethren with compassion. Your admission of your weakness has made you stronger. If it were possible for an Elohim to cry, Azam would have been said to weep at that moment. But since it was impossible for him to do so, everyone ignored the light which glistened outward from his cheeks in delicate waves of misty brilliance. Their mutual access of the one mind allowed them to experience Azam's joy as fully as if they were him. The beloved broke the communion, saying, This brings me to the real reason for my presence here today. Anami, please rise. Lieutenant Anami stood perplexed at the announcement, ever embarrassed by the telltale spectrum, fully exposing his fluctuations. The beloved laughed. You will get used to it, Captain. A scanning prism of the deepest purple sliced through the sky as Anami's eyes widened. Captain? Yes, the council has agreed. After careful consideration and observation, you have been selected to lead a new company. The time of the Watchers has ended. The usefulness of that function has expired with Captain Simjaza's deceit. No longer will Elohim freely interact with the humans, for it alters their sequence to their detriment. I have decreed and the council agrees that the Elohim will serve as guardians to this life form, silent and unseen, yet powerful. The members of this new company will assist me directly in the restoration of the sequence. Captain Anami, are you willing to accept this role? Yes, my lord. Anami beamed with the solidarity of the purest white, a pearly hue more intense than his former aura had ever been. Then it wavered, fracturing, into soft mauves, pinks, and oranges of a fading sunset. Beloved, there is one thing. 
You said we could never speak or interact with the humans again? That limitation is essential to the success of the new mission. I may never speak to her again? Anami looked at the girl, sound asleep in the midst of the spirits communing around her. Not without express permission. But what if she calls for me? She knows I have been helping her. Anami, humans do not have the permanence you experience as an eternal. Not in their current state. Her memory of you will fade with time, and she will continue in her destined progression, as will the others. In time, the children of those who knew the Elohim directly will distort their encounters with you. They will become as fanciful as tales told to sleepy children. In a few generations, you will be all but forgotten if it were not for the record left by those chosen to preserve it. I see, Anami sighed, and I understand. Good the Beloved said, because your assignment is approaching. The Beloved pointed to three men walking in the grasslands toward the Gihon. That looks like Enoch and his son Methuselah, Anami said. It is, the Beloved said, but who is the other man? He's much larger. That's your Meserach, Delmar said. What is he doing in a suit of flesh? My lord, shall we bind him? No, Delmar, the Beloved answered. Commander Delmar, you never waver. A special gift you will also need in your new role as a guardian. Enix stepped into the clearing first, followed by Methuselah, who immediately walked to Tafara. Wake up! Wake up! He gently shook the sleeping girl. Father, she will not rise. Is she okay? Yemezrek, is there anything you can do? Yemezrek was lying prostrate on the ground. What's wrong with him? Methuselah asked. Nothing is wrong with him. Indeed, everything is right. Enoch smiled at the spirit men surrounding him and placed a hand on Methuselah's shoulder. The beloved lifted Yamazrek like a baby. Captain Azam, take Yamazrek to the gate at Mount Arata. Our brother is coming home. But he is so weak, Azam said. Go with haste, a spark remains. Right away. Captain Azam saluted as the two disappeared in a single point of light. Enoch grabbed his son, forcing him to leave the sleeping woman alone. Do not trouble yourself, son. Tafara is fine. The Ancient One merely gives her deep rest. When she wakes in the morning, you two return to the seti and take this with you. Enoch pulled the scroll out of his pack and placed it in Methuselah's hand. What? How will you keep records without it? You never... Methuselah trailed off. You're going to seek the Hidden Father again, aren't you? Yes, Methuselah. Can I come? Some other time, Enoch said. But how will you record your visions without your scroll? Methuselah asked, trying to push the container back into Enoch's hands. He did a double take when he didn't see Yamazrek behind him any longer. The scroll dropped to the ground with a thud. Ho! Oh, what happened? Where's Yamazrek? Where did he go? Enoch gently placed the scroll back in his son's hands. Yamazrek returned to his father. I am returning to mine. Good. You can keep it until we meet Father Jared in the... Enoch hugged his son fiercely and gave him a kiss on both cheeks. No, Methuselah, I am going home. Take care of your mother. It is up to you now. Enoch turned away and stood by the beloved. As he did so, Methuselah fell to his knees and shielded his eyes. The soft glow emanating from his father in recent days became blindingly bright, filling and consuming everything in its path. The earth rumbled, a beam of light appeared, and his father disappeared. But my lord, Anami recognized that light. 
He stared at Enoch, confused. Is not Enoch my assignment? No, Anami, the beloved said. Enoch will live out his days in heaven's realm. Guard his son Methuselah at all cost, for through him the seed is coming. But why does Enoch escape death? Adam's sin still rages in his blood. Heavendom will grant him permanence. Did you not say all who sinned would surely die? Anami's spectrum joined in the light of the beloved. His fluctuating colors danced in brilliant conflict with the golden sun. The beloved smiled with merriment and the hint of something new. Did I not tell you there were some things you could not know? At least not yet. Anami saluted, standing guard over Methuselah and Tafara. Enoch forgot all about the Elohim, Tafara and even Methuselah as he examined the beam of light. It was liquid, solid, and vapor all at once. How does it work? Enoch waved his hand through the substance. He poked it. Something gripped his hand. Enoch jumped back even more startled when it seemed to laugh. The beloved grinned. It's not made of anything you can see or control with your hands. Where did it come from? The way home has always been here. I never removed it. But it's so real. Enoch marveled. As soon as he spoke the words, rails appeared. Gleaming golden planks formed into the heavens. A vessel bounded down its tracks, heading straight for him, horn sounding louder and louder, roaring like thunder. Steam puffed from it, filling the air with smoke thick as a cloud. Wheels within wheels screeched to a halt, sending bolts of lightning in every direction. Methuselah covered his ears, kneeling and trembling, looking at the sky. Can he see it too? Enoch waved his hand in front of his son's eyes. Not yet, the beloved said. It's made of faith, and without faith no man can see it. The beloved stood by the portal. After you? Enoch walked by faith running his hand over the sparkling surface. Glittering steps formed around his feet as he traveled forward. They entered the massive cabin. An aisle appeared with cushioned seats on each side as far as the eye could see. It's huge! There's plenty of room for all who believe. But it's empty! Enoch ran his hands across the rails, skipping up and down the aisles, jumping on the bouncy seats. Light followed him, chasing him, playing tag. Am I the only one? Not for long, the beloved laughed. An ocean of stars brushed against the vessel in waves, sending music tumbling into the cabin, carefree and jubilant. Enoch pressed his face against the panel, eager to start the journey. He settled into the cushioned seat, glad the ruby fabric didn't vanish beneath his touch, and gripped the golden rails until his knuckles appeared white. The dark expanse teemed with life, it swirled together in great systems, organizing, expanding, contracting, exploding. Surprised, the voice echoed through the chamber. Enoch nodded. Regrets? Enoch shook his head and laughed at himself, a grown man crying. Grateful tears blurred his vision as he strained to take in the view. He couldn't shut his eyes. Not now, not ever. Epilogue Adam paced back and forth, crushing the resplendent turf between his toes. He tried to focus on plucking the stray blooms from the flowering bush. He looked over his shoulder down the path leading to, No, I will not go. What good can come of it? But even as the thoughts battled against his heart, 
His feet found the familiar trail, and he was already halfway there. Perhaps it may be different this time. Adam shook his head, tossing aside the thoughts of his children waiting for him at the living lake in the heart of paradise. He pushed back his concern, knowing Abel would take care of the preparations. I will only stay a moment, just long enough to... Adam slowed as he approached the edge of the cloudy precipice he knew would clear the instant his hands touched it, allowing him a panoramic view of all shale. I just need to see if... Adam was stunned. He ignored the tattered, burned forms clawing up the edge of the cliff and focused his keen gaze toward the gate. His hand pressed over his heart as he squinted at the long-haired figure being dragged across the stone floor. Every day he came here hoping, hoping he would not see anyone, at least not anyone new. Adam sunk to the floor, hopeless. Another child had come, had died, had lost. He remembered the day Nema was born almost the very image of his eldest daughter, Awan, yet more beautiful. He stared after her, watching the torment that would never end, begin. Adam? Adam jumped at the voice calling him, calling through him. He stood slowly and prepared to bow. My lord, Adam said. Fresh tears filled his eyes. Look away. My lord, Adam's voice was quiet and hoarse. Is there nothing I can do? The Beloved shook his head. Come with me. Adam followed the Beloved away from the precipice. But my lord, could she, I mean, can you? Will you let her come to this place? The Beloved shook his head again. I could give a sacrifice for her. Would that not cover? No, Adam, the Beloved said. That intention would be from your heart, not hers. Besides, the girl is not dead. What? But how? How can she be in Sheol unless her flesh had perished? There is a window of opportunity, a span of three sun sleeps before all life force has faded, and Satan has enticed one of yours to take advantage of it. A window? Yes. This thing the fallen have planned will bring great sorrow to your offspring. I came to warn you, do not go to the edge. It will only bring you heartache. But why, my lord? Many more will go to that place, the beloved said pausing to lay a hand on his shoulder. But remember the prophecy and keep your hope. The seed is coming. Who, my lord? Which child is it? When will they? The beloved laughed. Do not worry. Your child, Methuselah, will do his part. What is it he must? The words fell away with the sight of the beloved disappearing. Adam sighed. Methuselah it is then. Adam remembered what he spoke over the child when he was born and brightened. Yes, Methuselah. And then the end shall come. The seed must be Methuselah. His name says it all. He will end this suffering. The thought of all this ending cheered him. Adam ran toward the living lake to tell the others. Methuselah bolted upright, drenched in sweat. He swung around, looking wildly at the woods around him. He clasped the scroll under his covering and exhaled. Good. It is here. It's safe. It was the dream again. Methuselah fell back onto his cushion beneath the makeshift tent and tried to recall it. It always began the same. He could see her in the distance, a woman, tall, beautiful, long dark hair flowing. Then he heard the screams, people screaming, crying, and they kept reaching for him, calling to him. And then the water, no, was it fire? The woman was in the fire. She was also screaming, crying out. Methuselah started running toward the woman. 
This time the dream was different. In the other dreams, he had never been able to see the woman. This time he could. It was Nema. He was sure of it. He'd been hearing rumors, dark tales of something strange and powerful in the city of Nod. Methuselah began tossing his belongings in the sack. He thought of his father, Enoch. He knew what he must do. It's what Papa would have done. Methuselah ignored the trembling dread in his stomach as the fiery heat in his gut took over. If I leave now, I can make it before son's birth. If something is awry, the tribe must know of it. Good, Anami said, nodding to Delmar and Azam. He heard me. On to the city of Nod. This concludes Taken, a metaphysical fantasy audio drama. Interested in learning more about the biblical figure Enoch and the plan of the beloved? Check the show notes for links or visit charismatic.com. That's K-A-R-A-S-M-A-T-I-C.com. Also, please check back for the next audio drama in this series coming soon. Remember, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Please share this uplifting read with your friends. Thank you again for listening, and may the favor of the Ancient One be on you.